you are looking at the Vice President of Community Creative Consultancy. Juggling 15 sets of balls today. Literally. Guys, Bridget's taking me over my hangout. Why is somebody abandoning me? You have obtained a premium triple-ply toilet paper. Look at my hair. I dyed it because I'm so serious. Hey, Gildies, it's time for another episode of Knights of the Guild podcast. This is episode number 47. I'm your host, Kenny, and today's podcast, we're going to be discussing all about season six of the Guild. I apologize for the delay and the craziness uh, of the release schedule for this podcast in recent months. Things have been kind of uh, just crazy in life in general and very, very busy, so I am finding it hard to find time to edit these and to get these out. So I apologize for that. I am still striving to get one podcast out a month at least. Hopefully I can get back onto the schedule of maybe two shorter podcasts a month uh, until all of my interviews are gone from season six. Unlike previous seasons for my companion cast, these companion casts will be a little bit different. Unfortunately, with my schedule and the actor's schedule, I wasn't able to sit down with a few of them and have an interview about the behind the scenes of season six. So I don't have full companion cast for episodes of season six, but I do have some great interviews that I did do while I was on set. I spoke with Felicia. I spoke with Greg Aronowitz. I spoke with um, all the new characters that you see in season six. And I have a few of the regular cast members as well. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to release one to two podcasts a month, really short, probably, you know, 15 to 30 minutes of just interviews from various cast members. So probably the next, I would say, 10 to 15 podcasts will be behind the scenes from season six. So hopefully you guys will enjoy these and get a little bit more of an idea of the going on of season six. And for our very first behind the scenes of season six, we're going to be talking to the one and only Felicia Day as she discusses just how she came up with the whole idea of season six and episode one. So let's go ahead and take a listen to that. Hey guys, I'm here with Felicia Day, and we're here discussing season six. Finally, season six is out. It is out. I have to say that it was like, I I just collapsed. After the first episode, I was like, oh my gosh, people like it, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously I'm recording these after Mm -hmm. the first, I guess the first two episodes are already out. Yes. Uh, just because it was such a busy, crazy schedule on both ends that we weren't able to sit down. I know, down we and, didn't get to see you as anything. much on set. That was yeah, sad, actually. Yeah. Um, so let's just start at the beginning. You wrote six, I think, in record time. I did write six in record time. I usually, um, I mean, technically, season five I wrote in record time, but I actually had had two and a half months just to work on the outline before mm-hmm. I shot Dragon Age. Okay. For some reason, I had this, like, I knew that if I didn't get the outline done before the end of the year when we shot Dragon Change in January, that I would delay the season beyond what was good. Mm -hmm. So I got the outline done. So I sat down on my vacation with the outline to season five, and I wrote that in like eight days. So that was insane. Wow. But I just stream of conscious wrote, and, you know, I, I just forget as a writer, if you have isolation and you don't have all these other things to bother you, then, um... You can actually get a lot it done. It just flows, yeah. It does flow. Yeah. So season six was not a flowy season. <laughs> um, not only did I have to, I did not get to do um, the outline in advance and let it kind of sit and kind of uh, and be able to like fiddle around with it. Like, oh, this would be cool. Uh, not only did I not get to do that because we really didn't know we were going to get to do another season. Yeah, yeah, because so this season was delayed a little bit. It was very delayed because um, 
you know, I did the Geek and Sundry deal to yeah, do the a launch channel. of that whole series. Exactly, channel. the whole channel. Yeah. So that started in like October when season five was rolling out, actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, we actually did not have the guild as part of that order initially. Oh, okay. So because at Microsoft actually had an option to figure out if they wanted so to do we another still one. Until, to hear from them. Yeah. So included into the Geek There were a lot of legal deal. things I had to go through. Oh. So that's kind of the reason why, um, you know, in an ideal situation, it would have been launched, I guess, one year after, just like it is always, which yeah, yeah, is May. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't even start working until May because all of April was basically taken up with doing Geek and Sundry stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I'm sitting here doing seven shows at once. And it's, you know, when I say that, you kind of don't even absorb how much work it is because personally I didn't absorb how much work it was. Yeah. And it's uh, a lot of just hours and hours a day of yeah. just maintaining people, maintaining shows. Well, I mean, because you're producing, executive producing, and you're starring in some of these shows as well. Yeah, I'm doing... So it's not like you're just doing one job no. for seven shows. No, no, no. And then we have people who work for us now, which yeah. is awesome, but actually that's as much work as doing all the jobs uh, managing managing yep. people, which I've never had to do before. So I don't mean to make this a complaint fest. It's a blessing. No, no, no. no. I think it's great. Thing. It, yeah. But like the learning curve, I feel like now I understand how to do this, but yeah. it was a six-month learning curve in the middle of which I had to do Comic-Con and write the script. <laughs> so guys, the fact that we even have a season is kind of it's phenomenal. It's a miracle, yeah. And uh, I was... I was a lot, you know, the, the script is a lot longer than I would initially have liked, but the outline laid it out like that, and I didn't mm-hmm. have enough time to kind of, like, tighten up the outline. But I think the episodes are really good. Yeah. So uh, it's just a little bit different kind of season. It's a little more episodic, and um, it, it actually flows better, I think, as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so I'm really excited for people to see the episodes, and every episode I go, whew, that turned out pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so in the end, it was definitely a, a monumental effort on my part to get it to the place where I love it, because I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. I want everything to be great. Yeah. And sometimes you just kind of have to compromise a little bit more, and that's also a learning curve for me. So uh, thank goodness the first two episodes are out now, and people seem to really like it and be invested, and I can't wait to for them to see where we're going. Great, great. Now... I know when we did the read-through, we actually got pushed back. We literally did the redo like two days before we started shooting. Which is not good either. We actually had <laughs> Was that set- with the rewrites or is it just no. timing? Just no one was available? and We had cast members uh, out of town, key cast members, and we actually didn't even have Vork in the read-through, right. which Jeff made me have to rewrite his character a lot actually uh, before his scenes mm. because it really helps, you know, Hearing somebody else say it out loud, yes, it really, really does help. And then the actors, especially, you know, Jeff actually helped me uh, a lot during the season with the script. He uh, got an additional writing credit this season. Oh, wow. um, you know, it was, it was, you know, not major structural things, but like definitely he read all the the drafts and gave me really good notes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of really good lines came from him, and you know, he helped me in season four a lot as well. So I wanted to give him credit where credit was due because he is very funny. Yeah, uh, his own show is hilarious. Yeah, so. Uh, you know, at least I had that on my side where he is kind of looking at it. But I did, you know, rewrite a lot more after that uh, table read because, you know, it's just not as I couldn't go through many drafts before yeah, yeah, the table yeah. read. And I was literally writing. We, I was right on every day off. So, so I would send so out So there pages. were a lot of rewrites. 
Yeah. Because it didn't feel like it being on set. I was only there six days. But yeah. It seemed like everything kind of flowed freely. Oh, thank you, Kenny. I mean, at least with the writing, I was just going to say, it didn't seem like there was many rewrites, but I guess there were. There were a lot. There were a lot. <laughs> I issued a lot more drafts. It actually, there were more bigger rewrites. So I went through three big major rewrites, whereas usually I had it pretty set and it was small tweaks yeah. as we went along. Um, this one, I, I had to rewrite. So I literally rewrite the whole script after our first five days of shooting. I issued a whole new draft. So that was my one day off. Wow. So, but you know what? That's just what it is. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, it's I, done. It's, it's done. Over. I survived it. <laughs> I actually look less tired this season in a really wonderful way because I was doing commentary in season five. I'm like, oh, my God, Felicia, you look deathly. <laughs> like that. I was so sick during well, that. you were doing Dragon Age. And Eureka. Com- and Eureka and season five. Because I, I remember you reading Mind for Eureka, sitting on the floor in yep. a hotel room, waiting to go on set for season five. Because and you were flying out that, that night. That day to work. Yeah. And that was the night I got food poisoning. And then that. they put me on set on Eureka and I almost collapsed and I had to go to the hospital. You look good on Eureka. You'd never know you were sick. Well, they have good makeup. (laughs) Very high production budget over there. They can take time to make the ladies look better. So, uh, yeah. So, actually, this season, I I was more rested just because I had to throttle back a little bit more. And I couldn't multitask as much as I I did that year. So, that I'm I'm pretty happy about that in my hair. You know, (laughs) it's the little things you got to celebrate. Yeah, it's the little things that matter. Uh, Now, a big, big change for the season from previous seasons is there was no Sean Becker, our director. Yes. Because uh, he is working on a TV show now. You know, he's he was, no longer doing web series. And, he's, he's still no, doing I'm web joking. series. And, yeah, yeah, I know. But <laughs> he's actually I, doing our next web series, uh, oh, Learning, good. Learning Town. Oh, good, good. With, uh, isn't that Paul and Paul Storm? Paul and Storm, yeah. Right. you got to go and uh, be on set for that. That's right, yeah. It should be really fun. Um, yeah, he is, thank goodness, uh, coming back to our fold. Yeah, our so there was, there was just a, a conflict of schedules. And we just yeah, we tried to make it work until the very last minute. I kept hoping that his show, his show was actually supposed to shoot later. Holliston was supposed to shoot okay. later, so I was kind of, you know, blindsided. And I totally respect he. You know, you got to go, you got to progress, you got to step up. Yeah. And uh, although you know, or at least do things differently. Yeah. Because, um, so you know, it was very sad. And then for a minute, you know, uh, Kim and I were going to direct, and then I was like, "You That's are insane! Heard, yeah. <laughs> you are insane! I don't, I could not have survived that." Yeah. I would love to direct, and I actually intend on doing at least something small next year. To have just, you directed prior? Previously? I've never directed. Okay, I didn't think so. So I've always been like behind the monitor and watching, and I think doing comic books has inspired me a little bit more to think visually. Yeah, visually. Visually. Yeah, I can't even say it. <laughs> Stupid. It's not a word, Kenny. It's not a word. Good. <laughs> so, but uh, that was a bad idea. Thank goodness I was like, it was a yeah. So I had people close to my life are like, you are crazy. <laughs> so we kind of just brainstormed, and um, you know, uh, it was hard to find someone. And we found Chris Prexta, who is somebody who I've known for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that he did a great job. He definitely brought a little bit different sensibility to the season. Um, but at the same time, like, uh, I, I'm really proud of the way that he uh, really managed the crew. He's mm-hmm. done other web series called Mercury Men and Captain Blasto. And um, I saw, I found him in like 2008 and I gave him to my agent. I was like, you need to sign this guy. I remember you guys talking about him. mm -hmm. I remember the talk about Mercury Man. It wasn't out yet. Yeah, it wasn't out. And I saw it. I was like, oh my God, he's so talented. And he's, you know, never worked on a crew this big, really. So uh, the fact that he was calm and collected and really ran the set with a way that you felt you were in good hands yeah. was important. He's more visual director, I think. Very, yeah, because we I think we did a lot of rehearsals that we normally would never do. Yeah, more rehearsals and more uh, intricate camera moves, mm-hmm. uh, you know, production design and uh, 
the the camera we shot on was a big factor uh uh but you know so everybody brings a different perspective yeah. and i really i feel like it melded very well with the story that we're going outside yes into the world a little bit more yeah. and, uh, and there's a whole different style it's a whole guild, different so style. why not a different director to yeah you know, so, so you it, know, didn't, it didn't have to look yeah. like you know the other five seasons that we did exactly and you know we always want to best ourselves and it was really a we really wanted to make it look like a tv series this yeah. season so uh you know the red camera was used and all this other you know we had a lot more equipment a lot, we were on location so yeah. it was you know whatever hey i'm always gonna try something different if it works that's <laughs> Great. a blessing yeah <laughs> All right, let's jump into the episode. Yeah, let's do it. So this episode obviously starts off with you in uh, your in front of your camera, just like all other episodes. Yep. And you're wearing your spiffy new suit. Uh, well, I'm not in the webcam, but in the actual episode. Oh, in the yeah. episode. That's right, because you're talking about it yeah. with the, the gang. And in the webcam view, we actually used the 5D, which was the camera we used for three seasons, um, the little Canon. Uh for only for those shots, because I was really, I really wanted the webcam to not look completely different. So yeah. it was the same on those angles. It's always the five D we used versus the red camera, which was for the more outside views. Um, and yeah, I wore that crazy suit, which is, I, in the first, this is a nice, this is a fun tidbit. In the first draft, I wrote that to be a um, a suit made. You remember those stereograms when I was a kid. No. A stereogram, you stare at a picture. And oh, then, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, there Initially, the joke was that my suit was made out of stereogram fabric. So if you stared at it, my boobs popped out. <laughs> and I just thought that was the funniest idea ever. But we could not find stereogram fabric. Like, it's... We, would, we were going to have to custom make yeah. fabric. And honestly, it would have been the... I mean, to me, I would have just loved it. Yeah. But uh, it was prohibitively expensive to try to make a suit out of stereogram fabric. <laughs> So guys, oh, if only, yeah, one day, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but that suit was it was rented. Kristen Ingram, our uh, wardrobeist, found that and rented it because I don't think people would make that suit. Yeah, it was very working girl. <laughs> um, all right, so you arrive uh, at the job, which is the loft area that we did most of our shooting at yeah downtown um, Lacey street um across the street from the ho- the animal shelter where i adopted right. my go- dog oh is that where you got cubby? where i got cubby oh, well, and i didn't, I didn't even that. realize that until the second day of shooting i'm like wait a minute <laughs> yep that was a cool location it, people actually live in the lofts next door and their offices yeah yeah it's like a work live loft. Yeah. there are a couple of them around la and i thought that's kind of an interesting i wouldn't want yeah i mean i work at my home anyway so yeah yeah I kinda at least the house and that's true. Yeah, I have a separate room. Yeah, it was just kind of weird. But anyways. Yeah. Um, all right, so we see Ted or uh, Ted Michaels. Floyd. Yeah. Um, so he's back again for season six, obviously, yeah. since he hired you. And- he actually, yeah, he's one of the biggest characters in the season. Yeah. We uh, all, Pretty much the whole season hinges upon his arc, which is tied to Codex. But, you know, eventually everybody's arc is yeah. kind of combined into one. And, yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, Ted is so funny. And I was so excited to have him back. I mean, I really felt he nailed this character and reminds me of, like, video game guys I've met. And, yeah. But really, he's a reflection of what I've been through the whole last year, which is uh, a lot of external criticism. Yeah. So that's his theme for the season. He just can't deal with it. And that's literally where I've been. And I yeah. still am a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> yeah. but I'm getting out of it. But, it, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. launching on YouTube and getting all and being dependent on all that feedback was really kind of uh devastating for me uh in a way and then 
I made myself focus on the positive and then it got way better. Yeah. But that's kind of, you know. Yeah, I can definitely see his story. His line. problem, yeah. yeah is, and, you know, of recent with you and yeah. all your wonderful <laughs> trolls I know. out there. It was hard. It's hard for me. But, you know, you just, yeah. whatever. I mean, I even got trolled. On the country what? boy music because I'm dancing in the background. Oh yeah. So yeah. Did they say something nasty? Oh that? yeah. I'm lots, sure lots, I saw it. Lots I of just... nasty things, but you know. Oh, that well. was just. It was fun. It was a great video. It was a lot of fun. I had a great time doing it. I'm I, still proud of it. I mean, I, I, not... but I love country music, so that's why yeah. I enjoyed the song. If I could do it again, I would not wear that eyeshadow. But that's the only thing I would do <laughs> over myself. Everything else, I'm like, screw you guys. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, back to the guild. Um, so yeah, so you uh, you arrive at work. He gives you this ginormous pager, which is always from a restaurant. Which, which Gregor is hilarious. Adams, uh, it was Kim's idea, actually. I, I was I was gonna have uh, it be. We were just figuring out logistically how do I get in and out of some of these scenes. Mm-hmm. And some of them were really awkward, where I just kind of roll my eyes and leave. And I'm like, this is not good. Should he be texting me? And Kim's idea was to make a restaurant buzzer. So Gregor Adams built a restaurant buzzer that was controlled by so an good. RC car controller. <laughs> Hello, web series ghetto-ness. But, it, like, he's so brilliant. Yeah. He's the MacGyver of production designers, Greg yep. Rano is. He's so brilliant. And, you know, he did a fantastic job this season. That opening shot, you know, him and Chris and Chris, the 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 DP, like, that opening shot really gives me shivers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the dragon as you... Uh... Yeah, Sparkles. Uh, well, there's actually two dragons. Yes, there's two the dragons. The first one that you see is the statue that's in the courtyard. Yes, which is very cool. Which is incredible. And I thought it was, I, um, well, I mean, I thought it was real, like, stone. It's not. No, it's, it's just like, I don't even know what. It's Gregorano. It's special. It's like styrofoam. styrofoam. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. And it held a man. Yeah, that's crazy. I've seen people on top of it. Yeah. You know, uh, just... Rigging doing, lights yeah. and everything. We crazy. had to have it be safe. And we had to uh, carry it in on a flatbed truck. Yeah. So I that's imagine. crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. And then you actually get to the actual entrance of the gaming place. And mm-hmm. you open it up and there's a ginormous dragon. Which uh, was made for uh, was made for the, this uh, this ball. So uh, uh, Strider, I think it's Scott Strider. Well, just the Jericho ball, the uh, Labyrinth ball. The Labyrinth, yeah. yeah. I want to go. They keep inviting me. I just never do anything. But yeah, um, yeah they actually, Greg helped make that dragon, I guess. Um, and they had it in storage. And when I was like, hey, we need something else for them to interact with inside. He was like, another dragon? <laughs> so, uh, you know, he uh, he got them to bring this dragon, and they, I mean, it's just the coolest thing ever. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, I mean, did, is that what you had in mind when you wrote? Not really. Nothing that big. That's okay. for sure. I you just uh, wanted another I just thing. figured it was just a, um, you know, a statue. Yeah. But uh, I guess since we had, we changed it to have a statue out front, too, to the set piece there, mm-hmm. then we couldn't just do another statue inside. It's boring. Gotcha. But the fact that its eyes glowed, it was crazy to me. Yeah. I loved it, though. Yeah. I wanted to be my friend. <laughs> and then you have a great swooping shot where it kind of just follows you and you're looking around and all the extras are around there. And you zoom back around and come turn back around and then we meet another new cast member. Yeah, we do. We meet um, Theodora. Mm-hmm. So the, and that was cool. We, there was the only day we had a steady cam operator. We had, that, that kind of shot requires a specialized skill of being able to walk around very smoothly with a special rig on. It's mm-hmm. very heavy. You have to have a specialized cameraman as well as a, a specialized assistant to try to handle the steady cam. And that was the one day we actually could afford to have a steady cam guy. So um, pick your battles, and we, it definitely was worth it to have yeah. it in the opening scene. And we meet Theodora, who's played by Alex. And uh, Alex is a dear friend of Kim's. So Kim brought her in 
to uh, read for that part, and we thought she was really, really, really funny yeah. and fit the character really well. And uh, yeah, so she's uh, severe but clumsy. That's kind of how <laughs> I would describe her. And she's the producer of the game. So yes, yes, yeah, yeah. She's definitely has a few issues. Everybody should always have issues. In a comedy, nobody should be boring, right? That's right. That's, that's right. when you don't remember people. <laughs> and then next we meet uh, uh, Floyd's cousin, or Floyd's nephew. Floyd's nephew, Donovan, mm-hmm. um, who's a good-looking guy, mm-hmm. doing Joby Jacks, obsessed with fitness for some reason. and But still awkward and... Awkward, a little, yeah, yeah. a little uh, not socially yeah. adept. yeah. You can tell uh, he enjoys computers and yeah. coding. and Yeah, so he's a kind of an interesting character. We're going to learn a lot more about him as the season goes on. Um, you know, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll see. I think there's some left turns being thrown at people. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what they, 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 they think. I when can't they, wait. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then we meet uh, another new character. We meet Roy. Roy, my favorite. Uh, I, I hate to say it. From the table read. When he read, he read Bruiser. Oh, yeah. I almost died because he sounded just like Teddy. And I asked, he had never seen the show prior to that. So he didn't know what Bruiser sounded like. Which is a compliment to me. (laughs) That is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I love his whole character, just what he brought to it. Derek Bosco is. Oh, my God. He's worked a lot. He's a very, very He's a grandfather, too. I was shocked. He's a grandfather. Yes. He had a kid when he was like 19 or something crazy. Yeah, he's like 26 still. now, I think, the, the kid. And then he has a kid. I cannot believe that. I couldn't believe it. He's a Filipino. In yeah. or, and I think that's cool because there's one guy who always was like, every season, <laughs> well, there are no Filipino characters. <laughs> like, dude, this is for you. I thought that was amazing. Nice. No, it was actually Brian Kamioka who mentioned there was one guy who always said that. I was like, that guy's going to be happy now. <laughs> I haven't seen him comment, thank goodness. Uh, but yeah, he is such a fun, and it's not what I thought of for that character. We actually auditioned. Um, I knew that I, uh, wanted him to be Asian. Um, but, uh, we, we auditioned a lot more nerdy, playing more nerdy characters and uptight, uh-huh. but his stoner thing is so funny. You know, that's, that's a testament. If you're an actor, go in and just do the thing that makes you laugh. Yeah. And that's just better. Even so if you, you don't get the job. him that way. He just... Read the role, and that's nope. how he saw he that He interpreted it as, uh, maybe it was because I said Hawaiian shirt, uh, mm. but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But it's magic, and it he's works. really funny. You gonna you see a lot of Roy yeah. uh, in this season, and he just makes me laugh. He does so much with little parts, yeah. like, so that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we see his cubicle, mm-hmm. which is incredible. I mean, red and... That whole red and, and the art, art team art and Greg Aronowitz's yeah. precious art. What, that painting in the behind there is like worth like more than our budget almost. Like ridiculously, uh, Drew Strews and original in the background. Yeah. So it's like, guys, this yeah. is no web series. <laughs> Greg pulled out. Greg Aronowitz pulled out all the guns. So yeah, yeah you see his cubicle. And then I take it over. Which you take yes. Accidentally. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's just poor Kodak. She's just. Just nothing's working for her. Yeah. You well, know, it's nothing that she's doing. It's just, she just happens to be... Working for a crazy man. Yeah. A little bit. You know? Yeah. No. It... You know, and then he screams to everyone. I love the whole prairie dog look and everyone pops their heads up over the... Yeah, that was really funny. That was a yeah. good visual by Chris. And it was... Uh, we actually decided that the, the, the height of the cubicle only because we wanted to be able to make sure that we saw the eyes of oh, okay. people. So the nice. average person would just only have their eyes show. So yeah, yeah that was really funny. Good, good stuff. And then finally, we meet the final new person. Yes. And um, Sujata Day. No relation. Sujata Day, yeah. I actually um, found her. We were were brainstorming, you know, because Sula is not a a huge part. We Mm -hmm. do see her a lot. uh, But, you know, uh, 
not a lot of dialogue per se uh, in the scheme of the season, but you always were looking for that character actor like like Roy and Sujata did, uh, or Roy and Sula are uh, those kind of characters you just wanted to pop off the screen. And so I had this idea of kind of a, a little bit of a hipster, but a little more severe um, kind of uptight girl who's who's very uh, opinionated. And uh, I had remembered seeing Awkward Black Girl, which was mm-hmm. is a very, very high quality web series. Um, and I watched that. And I was like, oh, that girl would be kind of perfect because she's a little bit of a know-it-all, yeah. which is kind of like the defining characteristic of Sula. Um, she's a know-it-all community manager slash you know, social media person. Yeah. Uh, I thought she just brings a really nice um, uh, vibe and kind of completes the whole yeah. game team. Yeah. So they're very disparate, uh, these guys, and I just wanted to make sure that you know, I see TV shows nowadays, and it's like you see two of the lead guys, and you're like, I don't remember which one is which. Yeah. I think that's not great casting. Yeah. You should always remember very people. Very distinguish- Yeah, distinguishable. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Now, how do you come up with these people's names? I've always wondered that. Um. Oh, well. Are they, are they like friends, or do you ever like contribute to somebody, or do you just kind of, I like Donovan, so yeah. I'm going to call him Donovan. I think that, you know, I always try to avoid letters with the same name as other characters. Oh, okay. So that's probably elimination. You never want people named too closely to each other, two S word, you know, mm-hmm. S names. So th- that's kind of, um, and then you just kind of like try some out and you're like, oh, does this have the, f-? I think names are very important. They kind of define you mm-hmm. in more ways than you'd think. Yeah. Like if you name your chick, you know, if you name your baby Tiffany, like it's probably going to be a certain kind of girl. Yeah. I just yeah. hate to say that. And it's maybe just external. Yeah. But uh, names are super, super important to me. So so you put a lot of thought into a them. A lot of thought into them. And I changed them a couple times before. But once you get one, you're like, oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for episode one. That was a, right. a really good kickoff to the season. It's a Lots lot. Lots of fun. We introduced every single character. We I, saw all the original characters. Yeah. Everybody gets their storyline started. Yeah. And then uh, it was Oh, that's nine. right. We forgot to talk about Bruiser really quick because yeah. Bruiser shows up. Bruiser shows up and, and it uh, plagues Blades. That's right. So. And that. actually the Vince or uh, Blades' pad is actually a different place because it was here, which is now Geek and Sundry We are in my office right now, which is now my office. Uh, yeah. used to be my garage and yes. I converted my garage. After four years of saving up, I finally have a place to work other than my room inside. <laughs> and yeah, so we had to shoot at Kim's. But you know what? Not one person has said anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's dressing. It yeah. looks pretty much the same. The only reason I know is because the door is open and he drives up. And I'm like, oh, look, it's Kim's house. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> you know? But it's so cool because we never... I think actually if you looked closely compared... Other like season three, you mm-hmm. notice different, but it's just like if you're gonna do that, well, yeah, we're a web series, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the dressing did a really good job, yeah. So it's cool that you brought uh, Bruiser back because we hadn't seen him in the previous seasons, yeah. Um, he actually, uh, I definitely needed a catalyst for Bru- uh, for Blades to get out of there, and uh, it was a toss up between bringing Dina back and uh, and bringing Bruiser, and it just happened in the, in the scheme of the story that Bruiser was better for the overall story, mm-hmm. um. And uh, unfortunately, I really wanted to bring uh, Dina back, but I could not have another character in that first episode. Yeah, there was. So, you know, but the cool thing is when writing um, the Fox comic with Will, like uh, we delved into the whole Axis breakup. So a lot of people are like, what happened to the Axis? Well, you just kind of have to read. If you read that comic, you know, you know what happened behind the scenes. So just uh, I'm sure that you guys who are listening are probably (laughs) uh, fans enough to have read it. But like the average person... Um, doesn't know that. So you just have to read the Fox comic to figure it out. Cool. All right. Well, I appreciate you stopping by and chatting with me. Thanks a lot.
All right, guys, hopefully you enjoyed that. Like I said, they're going to be shorter and hopefully out more frequently. So stay tuned because we have a lot more of really cool behind the scenes of season six coming to you. Well, that's going to do it. I'm Kenny. And until next time, take care. Wow, cool cubicle. Awesome. You like it? It's yours. Yeah, make yourself at home. Really? Oh, my gosh, thank you. (laughs) Whose Asian family is this? Sup, fool? Who's the new chick? It's my new assistant, Roy. Now get your crap out of here. I'm putting you on forums for the next two weeks. Wait, this is your cubicle? Guess not anymore. Uh. (laughs) No, I don't think he likes you at all. (laughs) No, I don't like you either. (laughs) I love that. That is so great. That's good writing. Yes, because... It's not much dialogue. And because George Lucas didn't write all the (coughs) dialogue. (laughs) I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And when you're not listening to this glorious podcast, we would love to have you listen to ours, the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Hi, this is Chris. And this is Rick. And we're the hosts of the Ragtag Fugitive Podcast. We're celebrating the original Battlestar Galactica series, and we're doing that by uh, watching an episode in total and commenting on it as it runs. And you know what's really fun about it is we're attempting to bring guest hosts in with us so that we can talk kind of like that mystery science theater kind of thing. And we sometimes we make a little fun of the episode, and sometimes we talk about how cool it is, so you just never know what you're going to get when you listen. Yes. So come and join us. We're on iTunes. You can find us by searching for Ragtag Fugitive Podcast, and we're on the Stitcher Radio Network. You also can visit our cool website and make comments and have fun looking around in the officer's lounge and all that jazz by going to ragtagfugitivepodcast.com. You have our word as a warrior. Word as a warrior! Plank down your cubits and come on over. And let's play a game of Pyramid, the Ragtag Fugitive Podcast. By your command. That was a scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. Knights of the Guild Podcast is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivative, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved.